0: Well, who says that we have to do the Word first and we have to get revived second? We just kind of did it opposite tonight, but we are going to go ahead and share a little bit from the Word so y'all can be seated. <clears throat> As I was preparing to share tonight and thinking about, you know, again, all the things that have been going on in our world, in our nation, around the world, earthquake there in Mexico City, just all of these things that are going on and sometimes when these things happen often when they happen when there's the flood the hurricanes even the fire there are power outages isn't that right power outages in the natural that's awful for people it's it you know we're spoiled here in our country and if we don't have electricity it becomes a problem we can't cook our food we can't take a hot shower We can't blow dry our hair, God forbid. We can't curl it. That's terrible. It's not a good thing when we lose the power in the natural. I remember growing up as a kid, and we didn't have hurricanes, now they have earthquakes in Oklahoma, which is unusual, but we did have tornadoes. And a tornado would come through there, and it was back, you know, a long time long time ago when we had these power poles with just a line strung across them, and just a heavy wind would come through there and knock out the transformer, and we'd be without power, and we'd have to gather around a little kerosene lamp. Anybody know what a kerosene lamp is? Because the storm came through and knocked out the power. But I was thinking about that. The storms of life, they come. Just like natural storms come. Storms of life come to all of us. But thank God, there's never been a storm that has caused a blackout in heaven. There's never been a test. Or a trial so powerful that it's made God look at Jesus and say, whoa, the lights in glory are flickering. You'll never hear the Father say, get the generators ready. This is the big one. We might go dark for a while, but we'll have to reboot. Sooner or later, we'll get our power back. No, there's never been a power outage and there never will be. And there never will be a shortage of God's power. I'm so glad that we are hooked up with the most high God. The God with whom nothing is impossible. The one who the Bible says his arm is not shortened. There's not anything too big or too difficult for our God. He brought salvation. His arm brought salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ brought us the greatest gift and demonstration of God's power. not only did he die for us, but the Bible says he was raised from the dead for us. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, where is it? It's in us. Jesus God raised him from the dead and when he raised him from the dead he didn't just overcome rigor Morris. you know that's a problem when death sets in to a physical body but Jesus also he overcame death hell and the grave and enough power was released when he was resurrected to destroy all the works Of the devil. That's what Jesus came to do. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Christ with power. With what? Power. And what did he do with that power? He went about doing good and healing all that were sick. All that were oppressed of the devil. And that same power is available to us. I'm going to look at a lot of my scriptures tonight, gals, from the King James Version, because i got my Bible here, and I just might want to read them out of my King James Version. Romans 8, verse 11. But if that Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall do what? Quicken your mortal bodies. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. This says if that same spirit. It doesn't have to be an if. We got to know so salvation. How many of you know that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? You've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And without a doubt, you know that you know he lives in you. The greater one. Hallelujah. He's greater than bad news. He's greater than any sickness or disease. He's greater than any problems in relationships. The greater one lives on the inside of us. And that power quickens us. Hallelujah. I looked up the word quicken and I like these to make alive, to revive. That was what was happening during that beautiful time of worship. I could just sense it. People were being revived. Some people came in here like little wilted flowers that hadn't had a drop of water in days. But you know what? Refreshing rain came down. You can have a flower that is so wilted it looks like it's on its last little petal. But if you got a little life in it and you pour some water on there, it's amazing. It comes back to life. I believe that's what's happening to us tonight. We're being revived. We're being quickened. Then this was another definition. To cause to be enlivened or stimulated. When we hear the word stimulated, we often think about, I do anyway, caffeine. Because it stimulates you. There's caffeine in chocolate, yay. There's caffeine in coffee. Thank God for that. Thank God for Jehovah Java that waketh us up in the morning. Or for that little midday Dr. Pepper. I like my Dr. Pepper. But we got something greater than any caffeine boost. We got the spirit of God in us and it says he will stimulate us. He will enliven us. Too many Christians don't have a clue about who and what lives on the inside of us. How do we become aware of this resurrection power in us? You know what's connected to it? The word. We become aware of this power, indwelling power in us by looking into the Word. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, I know you're familiar with this. I know I'm preaching to the Sunday night group, but y'all are hungry. You wouldn't come to Sunday night unless you were, right? So you don't come saying, Oh, ho, hum, another another message. How many of you came to receive something tonight? I know you do. I can tell. I know you did. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, there's that word again, it's quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Everybody say, thank God for the word. That it's quick doesn't mean that it's fast necessarily. It means it's alive. The best definition or the best illustration of quick is your fingernail. Everybody look at your fingernail. I actually have not seen my fingernails in years. They're somewhere buried under these acrylic tips, but I know I have them. But you know what? If you have long fingernails, even if they are your natural nails, you can do a lot to them. You can paint them. You can pierce them. I used to get little jewels, little holes. I mean, PT, you just love it. They sit there and drill a little hole in your fingernail (laughs) to put a little jewel in there. And you know what? You can clip them. No problem. No pain. As long as they stay up here. In this part of your fingernail, but if they go a little too low, <laughs> get a little clipper happy, and they hit the quick. Or I have had the unfortunate experience with these beautiful long nails of getting them caught. It's terrible, P.T. I know. I look at that face. <laughs> I love. I like to make him cringe in church. Get getting them caught. Or pulled him back, and it gets into the what do we call it? The quick. What is the quick part of your fingernail? The part that's alive. This part out here that's dead. Do anything to it, won't feel it. But if it gets down into the quick, it's a different story. So this is telling us the word of God. It's not dead. Our God's not dead. God is alive. And just like we don't serve a dead God, guess what? His word is not dead. His word is <coughs> alive and has quickening power. Now listen to this verse, Hebrews 4:12, out of the Amplified. For the word that God speaks, it's alive, full of power, making it active operative energizing and effective hallelujah it's sharper than any two edged sword penetrating and dividing the line of breath of life soul and the immortal spirit and the joints and the marrow what I want you to see here is that the word of God is what it's active it's operative It's energizing. It is effective. The Bible tells us that his word will not return unto him void. That's found in Isaiah 55, 11. Let me read it to you. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. What about it? It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I said it. It won't return void. Through spoken, the spoken word, God's will, God's plan and God's purpose are accomplished. The world was created by the spoken word of God. Just look at Genesis. He said, let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. It was created because of God's words being powerful, being active, being alive. Hallelujah. It energized the world in which we live. Well, if God needed to speak the word, guess what? So do we. The same life that created this universe goes into operation and is manifest when you and I declare what he has declared. When we speak what he has said about us. That's why Pastor Mark has been encouraging us to speak the word Speak the word over our lives, over our families, over our church. Do you think we ought to be declaring the word over our nation? Power in the word of God. Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, as a matter of fact, that death and life are in the power of what? Power of what? Power of the tongue. There are millions of people on this planet, billions of people, and there are millions of Christians. And some of them will say, it doesn't matter what I say. I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. I'm just going to give you a piece of my mind. I'm just going to feel the atmosphere of our home or the atmosphere at work. I'm just going to fill it with strife. And it's not going to make any difference. You know, we just got to tell it like it is. No, that is not good because this scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Deuteronomy, the Bible says, I have set before you life And death Blessing And cursing Then what does he say it's an open book test He says choose life I'll give you a clue Which is better Then over in James he talks about That out of one fountain There shouldn't be blessing And cursing Coming out of the same fountain Coming out of our same mouth We shouldn't be in church Bless the Lord oh my soul then get on eight eighty and say, you are, curse you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my lane. No. Shouldn't be blessing the Lord and cursing people. Can't have two things coming out of the mouth at the same time. How many of you want to have good days upon the earth? The Bible tells us how. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, it says this. For he that will love life and see what? You want to have good days or bad days? Want to have good days? Then we got to do something. We have to refrain our tongue from evil and our lips that they speak no guile. Now that does not mean, you know, that that we uh, can't say what's going on in our life. We don't, you know, we don't we don't want to be like that. We don't want people to be afraid to come and tell us that, you know, they got this pain in their body or something's going on in their finances. No, 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 because that that got to be kind of a deal when we were first learning to walk in faith, and there were confession cops running around everyone. I am not commissioning anybody in this place to be a confession cop. We don't need that. We don't need people getting in somebody's face that's really going through a rough time and saying, that's a bad confession. You shouldn't be saying that. What do you mean? Your kids are acting ugly. That's a bad confession. I'm going to write you a ticket. I am the confession cop. No. No. It's not saying that, but it is telling us that we have to show some restraint. He said, refrain your tongue from evil. What do you think evil is? It's not just cussing, saying dirty jokes. But if we are constantly speaking fear-filled words, they'll dominate our life. The Bible says faith Filled words dominate life. That's what we want. So we have to get into the word and renew our mind and realize that our words are, what are they? They are containers. And they do either contain life or contain death. If you need prayer, you're going through something, by all means, come And let us know. We want you to tell us what's going on. But we're not going to end with, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard of. That's so terrible. We're going to listen. We're going to be compassionate. We're going to be merciful. But then we're going to say, but this is what the word says. So let's speak the word over this situation. That's refraining our lips and our tongue from evil because doubt, fear, unbelief give place to the enemy. We want to speak right words, amen. Do you think the apostle Paul knew something about the power in our words that our powers can our words contain power? Well, the Holy Ghost inspired him to write the epistles. We're not going to go real long tonight, but I want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 17. I'm going to read a few of these verses out of the Amplified. He's telling us here that we need to get a revelation of who's in us, what's been given to us, that our eyes need to be flooded with light. If you find yourself constantly being overwhelmed by what's going on in your life, constantly bombarded with fear and worry, then you need to just take the word of God. These are prayers here in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. There are prayers that we can pray over ourself that will bring revelation of how great our God is and how awesome of a work that Jesus did for us. So I just want to read some of these passages. We'll begin in verse 17. Again, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. For I always pray. To the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom. Everybody say, Father, Father grant me, me, spirit, me spirit, spirit, of spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom. And then look at the rest part of the insight into the mysteries and the secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Do you think there's some things you have not yet discovered about the power of God. Woo! You think there's more revelation about how big and how awesome he is? Yes. Yes, there is. That's why we pray these prayers over ourselves. Then verse 18. Then this is how it happens, Lord Jesus. By having the eyes of our heart flooded with light. Now let's just read the rest of this together and you can just put your name in there. Say this, so that I can know and understand the hope to which he has called me and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. Now verse 19 is really powerful. Let's read it together. And so that I say, I, so that I can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 21, far above, keep reading, all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and in the world which are to come. Paul is giving us a description of this power we're talking about. There's no power shortage in heaven, and there is no power shortage in the life of The believer. There's no lack of authority. We have his name. We have his word and we can use that authority to take it over the principalities, the powers. He said, there's no name. There's no dominion. There's nobody that is a match for what's working on the inside of you. He couldn't find just one word to describe this power at work within the believer. So in verse 19, he says this, it's immeasurable. It's unlimited. It's surpassing. It goes beyond limits. There's no end to it. Our God is a too much God. And that's what he has done with the power that he put within his believers. It surpasses, it supersedes any other force that would be arrayed against us. Paul knew something about this power. He had numerous opportunities to draw on that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Most men would have collapsed. They would have quit under the physical pressure that he endured. The Bible talks about all the things that the apostle Paul went through. He was shipwrecked four times. He was in prisons often, it says. He was stoned once and not on With rocks, he was stoned. Three times was he beaten with rods. Five times he was beaten with 39 stripes by the Jews. Did you hear that? Five times he was beaten 39 times with stripes by the Jews. Scholars said that one beating with 39 stripes would kill most men. But Paul endured it five times. No apostle had the kind of adversary, adversity that he had. Yet in the middle of all of it, he was the most productive Christian that ever lived. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and most of it from prison. Why? Because of what we just read here. He said, I've learned how to tap into that immeasurable. That surpassing, that unlimitless power of God, it's working in me. And he didn't know that song, it hadn't been written yet, but someone working on the inside shows up on the outside. He knew how to draw from that inner strength. And there's something about it. The Bible says a strong spirit of a man will sustain him. We got to be strong in this day and age in which we live. And not strong in our own ability and in our own mind. But we have to be people of God that know how to pull on our power source, Hallelujah. Know how to say, okay, I need a dose of the Holy Ghost. I know the power of God's working in me, but I need that power to be stirred up. So I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get refreshed. I'm going to get quickened. I am going to be stirred. Hallelujah. Paul goes on to say, and we're closing here in a minute, Paul goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 3, we'll just pull out one verse, verse 16 again in the Amplify he says this may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory woo is there any lack in heaven? no may he grant you out of the rich treasury Of his glory. Oh my my. To be strengthened. And I like this. Reinforced. With mighty power. In the inner man. By the Holy Spirit. Himself indwelling. Your innermost being. And personality. When you let the greater one. Live big. In and through you. Guess what? He'll even change your personality. People might say you have a personality disorder. Guess what? You don't have to be stuck with the personality that you've got. Get in contact with Him. Let what's in Him, your innermost being, be changed. Be rearranged by His glory. And I love that word, re in reinforced reinforced you guys probably remember you know the old western some maybe a fort would be under attack or whatever and they'd send a runner out a rider out on his horse and say go get reinforcements we're under attack well you might need some reinforcements i hear the cavalry coming hallelujah I hear the angels of the Lord. We More are they that are with us than they that are with the devil. We got the army. We got an angelic host. We got reinforcements from heaven that will come and undergird us and strengthen us and bring quickening power to us. Hallelujah. Thank God for his quickening power. Thank God for angelic assistance. Thank God for the word that is quick, sharp, and powerful. Thank God for the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. What does it say over in Jude? In verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, doing what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amplified says, rising higher and higher. It's not the time for the church to be weak. We are not weak. We are strong. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And if you've been tempted to feel weak, do what the Bible says. Let the weak say, I am strong. How about this one? I can do all things through Christ who does what? He strengthens me. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet and let's just thank A little bit more. We've already had a wonderful time in his presence. But I believe that this word, hallelujah, has this word helped solidify what happened in the presence of the Lord, that we are being revived. We are being quickened. We are being strengthened. We are not the weak. Oh, hallelujah. We are the strong. There are places to go. There are things to do. There are races to be won. And the Bible says in Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength. Some of you have been tempted to go and off and die like an old buzzard, but you're not a buzzard. You're an eagle. You're an eagle. And eagles are meant to soar. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands, our voice. Thank God for his strength. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's just continue like we started. Let's just bless the Lord. Woo! Let's draw, 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 draw. Draw, draw now from that well of salvation. Draw draw on that life of god that's on the inside of you oh man na la praying in the holy ghost praying in the holy ghost sabala darama yeah oh reman dey dey go shamaha, ye in da broche eh oko Drinking in, drinking in, drinking in, Amakundarama Gita Basata. Yes we drink. Hamashum Bondrita. Drinking in. Ha ha. Oh mananana na masamatam. Ananamasubakadididi mashubadodarata. Lana namasimiunto brega sabakata lada bekesubi gurinda. Kalindo and know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? God dwells in you, and God wants to speak through your mouth. He wants to look out through your eyes, and He wants to touch hurting people through your hands. So So declare, I am my body, is the temple. Of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Say this, I am a carrier carrier of God's presence, God's God's glory, God's glory, God's God's life, and God's light.